Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets it right on the very first try. Every yeah. single time. Yeah. It's get... Kalari. <laughs> rhymes with Safari. Kalari rhymes with Safari. That's the way to remember it. I, I think, I feel like maybe the reason I was thinking Kalair is like partly, I mean, it kind of looks like Kalair, but also like, doesn't uh-huh. that sound kind of like something you'd hear at like an Irish music session? Like, it oh, does. that's a Kalair whistle over there, you know, kind of thing. Like, it kind of does. Yeah. A lot of people think it's uh, Irish or Scottish in origin. Well, it's you're actually not, you're not German. Doing, you're not doing yourself any favors playing bagpipes with that kind of misconception. I know, I know. I'm really, um, really perpetuating that stereotype. But yeah, it's German. It's actually another version of Clara. So it makes oh, gotcha. sense that you'd mispronounce it as Claire. So, <laughs> Kalari, and then so why a German first name? Are your is your family recently come here from Germany, or is it far enough nope. back? But you still uh, still have some. Nope. Um, my last name's German too, mm-hmm. Eberting. But uh, I think our main ancestry is is Danish mm. and English. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. So well, I don't know when when Germany came into play. But y- your parents just <laughs> wanted to reach back and grab that name though from from somewhere distant in the past, huh? They they actually found it in a baby name book in the basement of the BYU library. Oh, look at that! So that's what happened. That is that's <laughs> so fun. You know, like I'm I'm of the right age that I do remember. I remember specifically in elementary school looking through like n- meanings of names books, uh-huh. um, pre-internet. Not maybe not necessarily pre-internet, but pre like easily accessible. A Early kid could stages. get on there and look stuff up. Internet, yeah, exactly. So it's just it's fun to imagine. Like my wife and I are expecting a baby right now, and so we've oh, been nice. thinking about names, and it's just like. Man, what would we be doing? We we probably would have purchased a large book of baby names, you know, and would have been <laughs> just to get ideas. Yeah, or, or visiting libraries, you know, to look at lots of books mm-hmm. or something. So, mm-hmm. hmm. so then Kalari rhymes with Safari. Um, <laughs> like, I want to know some stuff about you in general. I want to know, you know, like where you grew up and what your life's been like, and eventually, how do bagpipes figure into that? That's a very good question. Um, well, and, and, and like, and just to help you like really get couched, like I want to know like what, where you grew up and also like where you fit in your family. Are you the oldest or youngest of the siblings and how much music was there in your childhood home? And let's start there and carry me from there. Sounds good. Uh, yes, I am the oldest of five girls. So I was, I was Whoa. the guinea pig, um, <laughs> but I got to help raise the other four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my youngest sister is, I think she just, she's 13. Yeah, she's 13. Um, oh, actually... that's, yeah, that's, I can, I can relate. I'm also the oldest and my youngest sibling is just turned 16. So close to the same spread. But yeah. It's been fun to kind of watch the growing up process from, from the perspective of being an adult, yeah. at least near to being an adult. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, I was born in, I was born in American Fork, but then we lived in Orem in a little duplex that my dad owned for, until I was eight. In American Fork, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that drive you crazy? The... Nope, that's what my family says. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's the you. Is that an idiom or is that an accent? I'm not sure what that is. I exactly. don't know, but Whatever yeah, that. no, that's that's what my family says. I just don't hear a ton of other people saying it, so I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So uh, we were in Orange Hollies eight, and then my dad built a house in Pleasant Grove. Oh, cool. And we moved there, which is where where we live now. And I actually. I'm living with my parents still uh, while I pay off student loans. There's no shame in that, Kalari. It's free, you know. I'm I'm making good headway. (laughs) Plus, it's fun. It's fun. You know, one of my other adult sisters also lives here, um, just 
because we enjoy it and and it's fun and it works really well for our family. You know, speaking as a, a as a parent of a bunch of kids myself, like <laughs> I honestly I wouldn't have expected that I would feel this way, but at least uh-huh. for right now, I would love it if all my kids would just stay forever. Honestly, like, I think my dad really likes it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would I would absolutely dread the day any of them left. Really, so yeah, no, it's 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 been great. And then Grace, the youngest, she should be so lonely. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, works out great. Um, yeah, so still in Pleasant Grove. I was homeschooled uh, for most of my life. Whoa, hang on a sec. You're one of those. <laughs> I am one of those. If I can tell you, <laughs> there is more of us than you would ever think. <laughs> yeah, y'all y'all blend in so well sometimes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> People only notice the weird ones. But there's yeah. a lot of us around. Um, I, I had a friend a while ago who was like, he was like, you wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known. He, he, uh-huh. did, he had the blending in down, down pat. Yep. And he even like would he would position himself in conversations if there were other homeschooled people present as like, Oh, I can translate. Right. Like he would like, it's like, it's a real he thing. Was like the bridge between the, the public schoolers and the homeschoolers. It's a real thing. And actually one of, this is probably mean to me, but one of my favorite things to do is just kind of, I guess when, when friends or acquaintances are talking about homeschooling, it'll usually come up organically and I'm not the one instigating it. Sure. But I'll like, I'll, I'll hear that they're starting to talk about it and you know, they're all like, Oh, I knew some weird homeschoolers and this is such a terrible thing about homeschooling, blah, 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 blah. And I'll just be sitting there nodding. <clears throat> and then at like the most inopportune moment, I'll say, well, I was homeschooled. <laughs> just wait and then until just it watch gets really pedal. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Let them really dig that hole as deep well, as it, it can go first. It, right? it makes them think. It makes them think because really uh, there's, there's a lot of us around and it's a, a really good path to education. Yeah, um, and I, I think people are passing early judgment without really knowing what they're talking about. Yeah. I'm sure that does happen. Yeah. Did you, did you <laughs> do fun, one though. of those, like, uh, like, did you ever participate in one of those groups so that like homeschooling kids could like get together with other homeschooling kids? To do, like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. We like had this that. whole community. Sometimes we'd be doing classes together, like, um, Wasatch Homeschool Debate League. Mm-hmm. I was in the, the first class of that. Um, but there's just this whole community around. We would do homeschool proms. We would do like etiquette dinners. It was just it was just a good time um, to get together with people who shared our same values, and uh, it, it was a blast. I, I still I've, have friends from that time. I've wondered before if that's the kind of homeschooling that that like produces the ones that can be the <laughs> the sneaky ones that you wouldn't know. Where it is, there are others you know who are homeschooled in a cabin in the woods, and never, that's different. You know, <laughs> that's that's, th- that's yeah. different. Yeah, I, I, homeschooling is not about being at home. Homeschooling is about uh, finding your own path to education and and really being in charge of what your own children are learning, rather than um, allowing uh, other people to dictate that for you. And, um, and I'm not trying to put up like uh like uh oh what do you call those things that pop up at the bowling alley um like rails like I'm not trying to like rails yeah I guess that's what <laughs> they're called huh? <laughs> I'm not trying to like force you into like just talking just music I want you to stay as broad as you want but I am curious did a music program figure into your homeschooling experience oh, when you were a kid oh yes what was, oh, what was that yes. like um music all the time uh we look at videos of when I when I was a kid my sisters and I were young there was always classical music played in our house and we'd mm. spend hours just dancing and dancing my mom plays the piano really really well and can sing at the same time so we spent a lot of time dancing and singing while she played the piano mm. um all of us play instruments or multiple instruments so my first one was piano i started when i was three and then by the time i was you know like 12 or 13 i was just really annoyed <laughs> that I was being forced to learn you, the piano. That's the age at which you'd be annoyed at whatever exactly. was happening, right? So, so I, I managed to wiggle my way out of having lessons, but I continued to just kind of have fun on my own. And I, I still play the piano and 
and, and learning pieces, just uh, not as formally as mm-hmm. as some of my sisters. I I have two sisters who are very accomplished pianists, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a little bit jealous that I didn't keep going. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you live and you learn. Um, yeah. And then when I was in uh, about junior high age, twelve uh, ish or so. Um, I actually started playing violin with the junior high orchestra. And so my mom would drive me over to the junior high just for the orchestra class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's there, the context in which I mes- met, met most of my homeschool friends was in some you know, choir or, or orchestra or, or yeah, something. Just yeah. Um, and, and here in Plaza Grove, there's a really good music program. At the time, um, well, Mr. Beck still teaches there, David Beck. He's the orchestra teacher at the junior high. I feel like and I know David Beck. I didn't go to school up there, awesome. but I feel like I've met him before. I think he's been one of the most important mentors in my life. And I didn't mm-hmm. know it when I was 12. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, uh, he was also the teacher at the at the high school at the time. He doesn't teach there anymore. But So I, I had him as a teacher for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I also ended up taking private violin lessons from him, too. And he just he just taught me a different way of looking at the world and thinking. and. Uh, he's he's very much about looking for the kids who who need him as mm. as a mentor um, and are, and are, are struggling, and that's actually why he <laughs> said he decided to go work at the junior high only instead of the high school because <laughs> of he all felt, places. <laughs> well, he felt like he could make more of a difference in people's lives um, by catching them at an early age. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so I got to spend a lot of time doing music that way. Loved being in orchestra. Uh, some of my closest friends, we were in orchestra together. Uh, even even friends then that at 12 or 13, I'm actually going to help them move later today. <laughs> oh, really? Watch their child. So yeah. it's just kind of funny how that, that works. But that was definitely a really important experience for me, being in orchestra. I loved that. And this and this is proof that kids who get homeschooled can make friends. That's, oh, that actually yeah. is possible. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> and sleep in. Um, <laughs> Dang, <damn> it. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, moving on to Kyla College, I... You know, I wasn't studying music, and so that kind of dropped by the wayside a little bit. Mm. Um, but I, I liked to dabble here and there. Um, but, but what did you study in college? Uh, microbiology. Whoa, cool. Yes. So How micro different. are we talking? As micro uh, as it gets? Micro, yes. Mm. So all the germs. <laughs> That's got to be kind of... I, I feel like you've got to have a certain um, a certain ability to just be okay with things if you're going to look that closely at... It's true. All the tiny, gross stuff that's in, inside and on top of us all, at all times, you know? Here's, here's the main reason why I ended up in that major. So I went to BYU, and before the semester started, they made you sit down and, and pick a major. Like, mm-hmm. you just had to have one labeled on, on your um, account. And I was like, I, I knew I wanted to do something science, because at the time I thought I was going to go to medical school. And so I was going through the science majors, and I saw microbiology, and I thought, Huh, I don't really know what that means. So I picked mm. it. And then I never really changed because it it lined up with the prerequisites for the programs that so I wanted to apply to. Huh. And so I just I, I didn't really change. Yeah. Do you do you feel like it's unfair that microbiology gets that little uh that little uh tag, but we don't call we don't have a macrobiology, it just gets to be <laughs> biology. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess they were there first, huh? So Yeah, I don't know. Either way. Yeah. So, so then do you like, 
do you get excited about like really nice microscopes? Like, does that still play a part in your life or is that kind of not really? And actually, despite the name of the major, I think I only had one class where I had to use a microscope and I hated it. That, that, yeah, that is not what I would have expected. That's the opposite of what I would have yeah, expected. Yeah, so the majority of my classes that I enjoyed were the less specific to the major ones, mm-hmm. like like the, the chemistry. Um, I did enjoy virology and immunology. Those were really interesting. Those are the scariest ones. I know, oh. I know. They really are. You're, you are the special <laughs> kind of person who could do microbiology. Kind of. <laughs> but no, I did not continue with that as a career, but it worked fine to study in yeah. college. Uh, but I didn't enjoy so much the like environmental type microbiology, which that's actually a big part of that particular um, type of, of study is is like the ecology yeah. side of things. See, and I wasn't really into that. that that's so funny because like for me personally, I'd be like, I'm comfortable like digging through the mud in some ponds <laughs> up in the mountains to like figure out what kind of stuff is in there. It comes to like virology, I, I just want to pretend like that doesn't exist. That just freaks me out too much. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was a, a little terrifying <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's part of what makes it interesting though huh yeah does yeah, that do you feel like does that affect you maybe when you're playing your bagpipes do you think you're more likely to like clean your blow stock out than most pipers maybe just because you're aware of what might be going on at in first there? i was at yeah. first i was but i think i've managed to blend in with the crowd and just ignore it <laughs> at this point and actually it's made it a lot more fun i just kind of <laughs> wipe it off with my my sleeve once in a while. Oh, that's all that we, if we've served, if we've if the art form has existed for this many generations, we haven't all died out. That must exactly. be exactly. Okay. It must be fine. Yeah. So I've I've somehow managed to get around that. That's funny. Now, is that is is college a thing? I feel like didn't you say you were really busy when when I when I first contacted you to do this, this <laughs> yes. interview? Weren't you like doing finals and stuff? Not well, not quite. I actually just graduated from my doctorate program last Friday. A dang way to go! So that's yeah, that's what's been going on for the last couple of years. Do- doctorate in what then? It's it's called a doctorate of medical science. It's mm. it's not a medical doctor. <laughs> um, it's actually an extension of the degree I got as a physician assistant, mm. which was my master's degree. Gotcha. Uh, and I I emphasized my doctor doctorate in health professions education, mm. uh, so I could open the door to becoming faculty. At a program eventually, if I, you know, want to get out of the clinic, gotcha. uh, I was also doing a, a part-time academic residency at the program that I graduated from, where I was kind of part-time faculty. Mm. Uh, so I was I was doing those both simultaneously, and it was it was very busy. Yeah, I bet sounds sounds busy. So are you feeling like just like your days are huge and and endless and empty now? With it's a little intimidating. Yeah. it's <laughs> it's only been a week, um, and I spent some of those empty days helping again my friend friend move. So it was yeah. pretty busy. I haven't had it quite um, open in front of me yet. Yeah. Uh, although I did, um, I am looking uh, for you know maybe part time job to to fill up those empty days just to keep myself busy. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, the experience of, um, like now having a doctorate, does it make you, uh, like, should we be referring to you as <laughs> Dr. Kalari at, or Kalari at, at bagpipe practice now? Like, I mean, you can, if you want, okay. I won't complain. Let it be known. You earned it. You were talking I just for that. go by Kalari. Uh, and then the, where we run into the problem with that is I am a physician assistant. And so I cannot be referred to as doctor <laughs> at work. Uh, and <laughs> but so, you can be a pipe band. So I can be a pipe band. If you want to do it, I will accept it. Okay. Um, Dr. <laughs> Garden Valley pipe band. Listen up. This is Dr. Kalari from here on out. <laughs> yes. There we go. That's me. <laughs> so um, then why bagpipes? Like how 
looking back now, were you as a very young child into like Irish step dance or something? Like where did the seeds start to get planted <laughs> to get you there? Well, when I was little, when we were living in Orem, we would always go to the, the, uh, Provo 4th of July parade mm-hmm. for, for Freedom Festival. Big one. Yeah. Yeah. Big one. Really crowded. My, my favorite part. Well, besides the jets flying over, that was definitely my favorite part. Mm. But the second favorite part was always when the bagpipe bands would come by. I thought it was so cool. Are you? Do you consider yourself a thrill seeker, Kalari? Um, safe thrills. Safe that thrills, because it's just—it's just striking me that if you, as a small child, your favorite part was the jets flying over and the bagpipes, <laughs> and you thought virology was so cool, I just am starting <laughs> to think like this is this is a punk rock girl that I'm talking to here. Like you, do- I'm I'm a, I'm a fairly cautious person, so I don't know if thrill seeker is the right word, but there there are a few kind of odd ones out like mm. jets that I I really like. I don't know that I'd I, I think I would take an opportunity to ride in an f15 or f16 sort of sort of deal but uh, i mostly just like looking at them i see i see so maybe not um, jump out of one but but ride in one perhaps if you trusted the pilot potentially potentially yeah. um i just you know you know when those those big jets fly really low over the stadium or whatever you yeah. just kind of feel vibrating in your sternum right it's right so cool. kind of a similar experience to the bagpipes i guess yeah right? and so I, I think that must be related hmm. um anyway so i always enjoyed that it, the parades never once occurred to me that that's something i could do yeah hmm. and then you know fast forward you know, 20 years or so, <laughs> Dune comes out. The movie oh, Dune. Really? Have you seen it? I, I Can you believe that? I haven't seen it yet. I've listened it's to good. the soundtrack, though. I have listened to the soundtrack. It's good. Okay, well, you've heard the soundtrack. And so um, I really enjoyed the movie itself. I thought it was really well oh, done. I, I have every intention of seeing it. I just, um, I keep See falling it on asleep. a big screen. Like, every day with, I fall oh, yeah, asleep. It's a know? long one. you got to be committed. Um, but at least you know the soundtrack. Yeah. But uh, I was really surprised when halfway through the movie, this guy in, with a bagpipe started playing like full on on the screen it was part of the movie <laughs> this is cool is dune our new braveheart because after braveheart came out there was a huge surge of, of people I don't playing know. bagpipes i wonder if dune will, will have a similar i haven't heard really anybody else you may be the only one talk yeah. about it but yeah. i think it should be anyway and so the part where the bagpipes playing is probably the coolest theme in the entire movie yeah <laughs> and so i got home and i was like listening to it over and over and over again because it's just really really cool mm-hmm. and then i thought wait a minute I just graduated from PA school. And at this point, I wasn't in the doctorate program or doing the residency. So yeah. I thought I was not busy. <laughs> and so I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I need a new hobby. <laughs> I wonder if I could learn how to play the bagpipe. And so I got on my computer and I Googled free bagpipe lessons in Pleasant Grove. And guess what popped up? There we go. That's the Garden Valley Pipe Band. That's all right. <laughs> I just knew in my gut that there had to be somebody teaching for free. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know why. But like, I just knew that. You and so. It. I joined the um, just the the chanter class last January, mm-hmm. and then at the end of that, I bought a bagpipe and started showing up to band. There we go, <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is or, history, and and will be soon as well. History uh, in the making. Yeah, history in the making. That's 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 super cool, and I I appreciate like I feel like I can see this uh, this <laughs> attitude of like. I can do what I want and sleep in, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> wait a uh, minute. Seriously. Hey, bagpipes. And then also thinking <laughs> you're not busy when you're about to launch into the biggest yes. time any human could ever experience. Yes. <laughs> it, well, it, it actually kept me sane to go to band practice most weeks. So it, I think it was good that I started at that point. Yeah. Uh, especially because it's, it's a lot of work to figure out how to play bagpipe. I've never encountered this before. Every instrument I've picked up, easy. Oh, I don't figure yeah. it out. 
this is a totally different beast. Yeah, it's probably like it's probably like kind of self-deprecating to a degree, like for all of us, like for me to say this, like it's probably like somewhat disrespectful or, or flippant, you know. But like <laughs> I have often told people who have asked me, like, is it hard to learn bagpipes? I often tell them like it's a it's a physical challenge. It is so hard. Um, maybe more than a musical one, honestly, at least at first, really? you know, like there's a big hurdle in that way. I've got the music part down. It's it's the physical part yeah. um and, and maintaining steady pressure and not running out of breath and really not falling over yeah, and passing yeah. out. <laughs> Have you, let's see. So since I'm just trying to think since January, has the band done the Provo parade yet? We did it last year. We did and do so it last that year. Was, okay. That was my ultimate goal in joining with yeah. the band is I wanted to be in that parade and I felt so cool. Yeah. Oh, I was mostly should, just droning. Sure. Because sure. I wasn't, I couldn't really get much else out at that point and I was totally out of breath because it's a really long parade and it was really hot. It was very long. But yeah. I looked really cool. Yeah, I, no, no <laughs> doubt. That's 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 the funny thing that like parades can get like I've been so I've been doing parades for like twenty years now, uh-huh. and they can get very tedious and like you don't really want to do them. It's kind of like the job portion uh-huh. of playing your bagpipes. Mm-hmm. Like you do it so the band can get some money and stuff. But the Fourth of July parade, in spite of being the hottest and longest of them all, because it's so huge, like the crowd is huge and there's a lot oh, of stuff going on. So I, hyped. I, I always look forward to it. It's still my favorite parade for sure. Unfortunately, we're not doing that one this year, it appears. Uh, yeah. So I was a little disappointed, but the other ones are okay. I'm still fresh. So. Yeah, they're still, they're still a lot of fun. And I, and I don't at all mean to, to say that other parades aren't worth doing. They, they all end up being fun. It's like a lot of things. You don't want to do it until you get there and then you're so oh, exactly. glad you did it. You know? so. Exactly. Especially if you do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So then like what other, like how does your other music experience interact with bagpiping? Like I'm, I'm curious to know just because <laughs> like it's been a long time for me since that was fresh, you know? So yeah. like what is it like right now? What is your experience? Is, it, is the bagpipe just the weirdest thing in the world or do parts of it start to make sense though in different ways? Are there connections happening between this and your violin training, et cetera? The, the music part makes sense to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's the mechanical part that I'm still figuring out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and luckily... Uh, Steve Poley is around to help me with that part because he knows the ins and outs and adjusts everything for me. And Steve, me with Steve's that. awesome, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um, but I think the most uh, the the part of my previous musical training that translated the most was rhythm, um, mm. just because I already had a very solid foundation in rhythm uh, and also note note reading. Um, and I think if that hadn't been the case, I would not be starting from a very firm foundation for bagpipes. And I've mm-hmm. noticed. Um, in in the class because I've helped teach it a few times now that's kind of fun I can pretend I know what I'm doing um, <laughs> yeah. but the the students who already have a little bit of a musical background they're much more likely to be successful yes um, yeah. versus the ones who come in they can they don't need to know rhythm they don't need to know how to read notes they're just not figured out uh, and I think that is an incorrect philosophy that a lot of pipers have um, that I've I've noticed and I was a little surprised about that but I, I think uh, I think we do need to be emphasizing more. We need to know how to read rhythms. We know, need to know how to read the notes so we can be playing correctly. I think I think you're right, and I think you you noticed it pretty pretty quickly. I've noticed so like the way that our class is set up, it's like in this one big room. At least lately, it's been okay. this one big room, and we'll have. Uh, a table in the corner for for kind of the beginners, a table in the corner for the people who are kind of halfway through, and a table in the corner for people who are more advanced, you might say. In it's a little chaotic. It's a little chaotic, yes. <laughs> but it's and, but fun. As I've been sitting at one of the other tables, I have noticed more than once, just out the corner of my eye, you doing a lot of good, uh, like, rhythm clapping <laughs> exercises and stuff like that, you know, like, really, uh, really focusing on that with the beginners. And that is, that is probably very, very helpful. Yeah, I, I think, honestly... I, I was thinking of maybe mentioning this. I wonder if it might be helpful to have uh, a rhythm and note reading class that's maybe a few weeks prior 
um, to starting the actual chanter class because the, so many of those students are just not not getting it um, because they're so they're behind the, the students already have that foundation so I've been thinking about how that could happen. <laughs> That's a really good idea. That yeah, definitely. So like the the way that we laid the book out kind of just assumes that you already exactly. know rhythm and notes before coming to it. Um, yeah, that would be. I can imagine that being very helpful, especially yeah. because the way the book is laid out is in these it's supposed to be in these twelve week chunks. It's kind of mm -hmm. like if you're not keeping up with that, you just kind of have to come back and do it again the next semester. Yeah, like there's not really an, a good way, and that's because the way it used to be. The way when we first started the class, we didn't have a book or anything. It was just mm -hmm. like, anybody wants to learn, show up and we'll take you we'll where you are. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, uh, you know, especially when you ended up like with like three people there to teach and 40 people there to learn, oh, you know, it was like, uh, <laughs> who already knows, you know, what, you know, how do you divide that thing? Yeah. Up? So, so maybe we've, we've gone from extreme chaos to less chaos, but we now, we need, we need more structure, even a little, a little more that I think a couple of weeks of just an addition to the structure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good idea. Um, let's. Uh, I'm taking notes here on what to email the board about after. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if this is even something we set up with YouTube videos or just a web page or something, and, and that would be a requirement before starting class. That's a really good idea. People know they're idea. signed up, yeah. and then they need to have completed these steps first, so at least they have an idea of what we're talking about. That's an excellent way to do it. That's a really good idea. Man, you, you I have, am pretty smart. You, that's a really good idea. You homeschool <laughs> kids. You come up with good ideas. All right. And we and, sleep in. And you sleep in dag it okay <laughs> this is a really good idea we will uh let's email a little bit about this afterward um let's see okay so back back to, back to you though what do you do you currently maintain any other ha hobbies or are you so busy have you been so busy with work and school that bagpipes is all there's room for well i've been trying as i've been nearing the end of my my program i've been trying to <clears throat> kind of bring out my old hobbies so that i'm not you know just left hanging mm -hmm, <laughs> after mm -hmm. graduation um uh, so, so I am learning some new piano pieces to play with my my youngest sister. She does the cello, and she's really good at she's really oh, good cool. at the cello and yeah. really good at the piano. Like, she's just much more dedicated than I ever was. <laughs> mm. But uh, anyway, so she can play um, a lot of the fun cello pieces, like from the piano guys. And I'm kind mm. of fumbling my way through the accompaniment. And so we have a lot of fun jamming that way. Um, I've also recently become mother to three goldfish. <laughs> um, and you know they're Aww. the 99 cent goldfish which you think oh that's that's a cheap easy hobby <clears throat> I had no clue what I was getting into <laughs> this was turned into a several hundred dollar investment <laughs> got a big old tank set up in my room learning all about the nitrogen cycle and how to keep the tank balanced I have this whole box of chemicals to use I had no idea I it's, thought these fish were 99 cents I think it's by design like there's some sort of like secret goldfish cabal they're like they're like okay <laughs> the gateway the gateway, the way we get people into this whole crazy thing is we're going to make the goldfish artificially cheap, like so cheap. <laughs> it's <And> true. <laughs> well, it turns out goldfish are not beginner fish. Like if you're going to start getting into fish keeping, you're not supposed to start with goldfish. Huh. I didn't know that until you it was thought, too late. Yeah, it's like and the so classic. Hmm. I've jumped to intermediate. <laughs> so, so it's not, so you're not doing like a simple glass bowl kind of thing. No, you're not supposed to keep goldfish in a bowl. Who would have thought? Sesame Street has lied to me. That's actually really dangerous and cruel to the fish. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Ernie that had the goldfish in the bowl? Oh, I don't remember. No, Ernie had his rubber ducky. It was Elmo. Elmo. Yeah, Elmo yeah. had his fish. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the image we all have in our heads. But um, actually, goldfish produce some of the most waste of any fish. Oh, no. Meaning they need constant filtration. They need a large volume of water. Um, you're supposed to have 10 gallons per, per, per fish. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't know that. And I have a 10-gallon tank and three fish. So we're going to be upgrading soon. Hmm. But um, 
it, it's a, a lot of maintenance to keep uh, the the ammonia, nitrites, nitrates uh, levels. <laughs> this must be a part of water. like the why the death of a goldfish being flushed down the toilet feels like such a ubiquitous experience. Because for... none of us have any idea yeah. how to take care of a goldfish. Huh. And all of it's... our parents think, well, I'll get the kid a goldfish. That's easy. He can't screw mm -hmm. that up kind of thing. Indeed. Wow. <laughs> anyway, have so you named them? Do you have names for your goldfish? <laughs> yes. So the, the first two are Toby and Kelto. My dad came up with those names. Yeah. There's no particular reason. Uh, and then the third one was actually <laughs> given to me by a friend for graduation. Did they know you already had fish? Yes, that's why oh, she okay. got me a third. Okay. She handed me this bag and she's like, you should open this present really soon. And it turned out <laughs> to be the next goldfish. Um, and he's really, really tiny. Uh, so we've, well, I, at first I named him after one of my PA school textbook called Bait Physical Exam. So his name is Bates, uh, but we kind of call him Bait because he's so tiny. Because he's so tiny. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they seem to be getting along great, but they definitely need more space. So I'm going to mm -hmm. be working on that. <laughs> Do you have a theme for your tank decor? Like, you know, no. sunken pirate ships or anything like that? There's a little fairy castle in there and Aww. some plants. And also an old medicine bottle because they like swimming in it. Oh. So that's the theme. It, it, it'll, it, maybe it'll make a, a serious uh, fish keeper cringe to know this. But when I was a kid, my, my little brother had a small tank that he put some beta fish in. Uh -huh. And um, he thought he had a little statue of Gollum. <laughs> um, and he thought that would be a really great tank decoration. And it really was. It looked awesome, but it wasn't meant to be submerged in water. Oh, and so over time, the uh, like the outside layer of it started to like chip and wear away. Uh -huh. um, and it looked just increasingly, you know, it started out looking kind of terrifying. Gollum. It got worse. And, and, and it like, you know, the, the like underwater lighting and all that stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. it definitely looked very creepy. But yeah, it got worse. It got creepier and creepier <laughs> over time. That's great. And probably wasn't healthy for the fish. I don't know what, what, what all was no, being released but, into know, the water. But... None of us know what we're doing, apparently, when right, it comes yeah. to fish. So. <laughs> so when you're practicing your bagpipes at home, do you, how do your, how do your, um, like, I get the impression that your your family have what we might call a refined musical taste. They're playing cello and stuff like that, right? Exactly. So how do they feel about the squeaks and squawks coming from the backyard or, heaven forbid, the kitchen, you know, as you're... They're totally into it. Are they? That's great. <laughs> Which is really funny. Um, but no, they, they think it's awesome. At first, I was practicing my backpipe inside because it was, you know, that didn't have another option. Yeah. Um, but now, now that it's warmed up, I'm trying to go outside. But they didn't even mind it when I was inside. They all just kind of gathered around to watch. <laughs> did did your uh, you're like the you're like the sideshow, the specimen that they <laughs> <I am. laughs> did the um did the neighbors? I guess when your dad built his house up there, I I have this feeling like Pleasant Grove was a pretty sleepy little town until I don't know, maybe like ten years it, ago. It was pretty empty and spread out. Yeah. It's it's really exploded in the last decade or so so was are you in a situation where like in childhood you maybe didn't have super close neighbors like physically close but maybe now you do have some houses that are really close by we did we did have neighbors because we built in a development oh gotcha um, yeah. and so uh and actually our backyard is open to <clears throat> several of the the neighbors that, that share the block with us so how do they um, feel about your bagpipes well it turns out my next door neighbor is obsessed with bagpipes. Could be like he doesn't good, play could, it, could, but he really? was listening to it. Yeah. And so apparently, I went out and practiced for the first time outside a, a little while ago, and I was a little self-conscious because, I mean, I got to practice. Yeah. I knew I wasn't very good, although neighbors won't know that because they don't know it. They don't that's know right. That's, that's the security blanket, yeah. But um, I was a little self-conscious, <laughs> but it turns out my my neighbor was outside, and, and his wife told my parents, but 
uh, he went in and he's like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And so I at least know when I, when I go outside that uh, Matt Pentelute will appreciate what I'm doing. So at least as far as Matt's <laughs> concerned, like his property value just went up because exactly. there's, a, there's a built-in bagpiper. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how the others feel, but they're going to have to put up with it because yeah. uh, that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, the, in the 10 or 12 years that we've had the house that we live in now, um, the the house next door has changed owners. Uh, I think we're on the fourth now, and oh, I don't dear. I don't know to what degree that's my fault, but I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder sometimes. Uh, you got to practice. You got to practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to do it. So, um, and so I was going to ask you who who enjoys listening to you practicing, but that pretty well answers it. Your neighbor and your family, at least as far as you're a curiosity, right? <laughs> as as far as I know, that that's what's happening. <laughs> do, does your family like ever like? Do you guys get? Like, do, do y'all listen to the Chieftains a lot? Like, is Celtic music a thing at home? Like, trad? Nope. Not, not that's surprising. Not at all. Huh. <laughs> you just, you just really watched Dune and went for it. I watched Dune and I went for it. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's great. So, um, what about your own listening? Like, have you, have you started to discover some pipers or pipe bands that you really like listening to that you, you know, you'd get an album of their stuff kind of thing? Uh, not particular. Uh, pipers necessarily honestly most of the time i just open up youtube and find a yeah. recent competition and just start the playlist no there's nothing wrong with that there's a lot of good stuff on there for <laughs> um, sure yeah so that, that's I, I'm, I'm sure as my um my skills progress i will mm-hmm. find people that i specifically enjoy but for now it's more generic yeah, <laughs> just totally. trying to listen to it get the feel of it mm-hmm. um i'm right now in my own piping uh, I'm spending more time on the mechanics of breathing and the the big notes <laughs> Yeah. Uh, with maybe a few grace notes in there. I, I was doing the embellishments a lot at first, but I realized that that was complicating things unnecessarily mm-hmm. and, and preventing me from progressing. And so I've kind of knocked out the embellishments. They're, I'm not doing them so much right now on the bagpipe, a little bit on the chanter, but not sure. so much. Um, but I'm focusing on getting really good foundation. Uh, and so really, I'm just trying to listen and figure out how it all fits together. I used to think really wrongly about that, um, at least from what I'm understanding now. I used to feel like, I used to think that it was like, if you were going to play something without the embellishments, you just had to learn it twice by adding in the embellishments later. <laughs> nope. So you might as well learn it. But yeah, I'm, I'm seeing now how, how very wrong I was about that. I know. I, I thought that at first too. And then I was just realizing it was too complicated. And so I resigned myself to being a mediocre piper and then realized <laughs> I was actually getting better. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, right? It's... It's funny because, like, it's something that I try to express to my, my kids who are taking piano right now that, like, mm-hmm. they just want to go fast and make it sound cool, you know? Just want and I work. try to tell them, like, look, if you can play it slow, then you'll be able to play it fast. But if you jump straight to trying to do it fast, you're never going to get it, you know? It's never yep. going to come out cool. And it's kind of the same, same principle. So um, I'm hoping uh, to start lessons <laughs> here <laughs> in the next several months or so. Mm. Um, and uh, maybe have a little assistance in, in adding the embellishments into my playing. But... Uh, I, I think you probably know the band's been reading Bagpipe Freedom. Yeah, Finding Bagpipe Freedom. Great right. book. And it's just, it's just reemphasizing everything that I was thinking in my head, but nobody had actually said. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, Kalari, Kal- I, I, I don't know, like, I, maybe it's just me, right? But I don't know if, like, maybe you do realize, like, there are a lot of things about that that um, feel revolutionary. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff there that co- seems so common sense, right? That makes sense to you. Right mm-hmm. as a as a musician already who's coming into bagpipes right now because we do that with other instruments. So exactly. That's the approach we take. Exactly, 
and, and but for me, like I grew up at a time and in a place where this was like ivory tower, dark wizards information, <laughs> you know, like there was a lot of, it was just shrouded in mystery. And like, you would, you would hand your reads to the pipe major and somehow they'd give them back to you fixed, you know, like, <laughs> like there was just so much, um, so much, uh, I don't know what exactly like mythology around like, uh, the, the magic ways of the bagpipe and either you mm -hmm. got it or you don't and all kinds of stuff like that. Exactly. You know? It's a good time, though. I think that's a beautiful thing. It's uh, if we want the the art form to flourish and grow, we need it to be. It's got to be foundation. You got to start with foundation, yeah. which apparently we didn't really start with foundation for most of us. <laughs> no, no, indeed. Many of us <laughs> discover the foundation many years later. <laughs> yeah, if if ever. <laughs> so, um, so do you. Do you feel like, uh, have there been any like uh, surprise things like aha or, or just like, wow, that's so weird things that have stood out to you have you been, as you've been going on this piping journey? I think the most aha moment was when I finally got, this is embarrassingly recent, um, when I finally got my um, chanter read and my drone reads adjusted correctly mm -hmm. and I could just play. Oh, Yeah. That like calibrated this, in, so the pressure for the last year I've been fighting and fighting and fighting, hmm. um, trying to find the the right chant to read that's the right you know strength for me because I have weak lungs apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, recently, in the last few months, everything has just kind of fallen into place with this particular read, which is a very easy strength, and so eventually that's going to need to change. But um, I've been able to just play and go to band and really enjoy it instead of go to band and kind of dread the workout i'm about to get <laughs> that's so important you gotta right like what if you never got to enjoy it like how how long are you gonna keep doing something you it wouldn't have enjoy, lasted right? yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah no i'm i'm starting to have fun now hello friends just a quick note to make you aware this podcast is something that i love doing and i will keep doing it no matter what but if you want to send me money i won't say an a the easiest way to do that is through patreon just go to patreon.com slash droning on podcast we do regular drawings for bagpipey albums, books, sheet music, and more, including Droning on Swag. All patrons are in the figurative hat from whence the names of winners are drawn. And there are other benefits to members as well. They're all listed there at patreon.com slash droningonpodcast. And speaking of swag, another way to support the show is to buy cool stuff from my little online shop, bagpipeswag.com. There you can find Droning on stuff as well as other pipey and drummy things that my, uh, that my friends and I make. And if you feel so inclined, I genuinely invite you to follow the show on Facebook. It's super fun to have a way to interact over there, uh, to discuss past episodes, and I also uh, like to bounce ideas off of, off of you, my friends, uh, ask you for input on upcoming interviews, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'd like to invite you to join in on virtual book clubs and uh, probably lots of other cool stuff that uh, I just haven't even thought of yet as of this recording. It's easy to find. Just get on Facebook and search Droning on Podcast. And if Instagram is more your jam, we're also on there at droning.on.podcast. You can also email the show at thedroningonpodcast at gmail.com. And links to these sites, social media accounts, and more are in the show notes. Leaving the show a positive rating and review helps others to find it, so feel free to do that. And thank you again for listening, you cool human you. Uh, and I can That's good though. That's another one of those play. things that like when I was learning, I thought like the impression was that the the best way to play was the hardest reads like that they would have the best sound and that you were a real piper if you could blast through you know two two by fours lashed together with oh, a lot of scrap kind of thing you know and I it was actually did you I'm trying to remember now did you get to meet Zach Lee's before he passed away or did you did you no come to the I band joined after? later so th this was the big 
like he was a really good piper playing at like top level, uh -huh. like so good. And one time I was struggling with my pipes. He and I were doing a, a gig, just the two of us. And we were taking turns to make it through the, we were going to play for several hours. Oh gosh. And I was having a hard time with my pipes. And he's like, dude, just play mine. And so I just grabbed his pipes and they were just smooth as butter, Perfectly like balanced. the easiest things to play. It was like playing a practice channer. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought a really good piper would play a really difficult set of pipes, right? How is this really, really good easy. piper playing the really easy pipes? That was a, a big eye opener for me, for sure. Yeah. So don't feel bad about playing an easy strength read. Oh, Kalari, no. I think, now that I'm having fun, I will take the easy. Yeah. I think maybe a lot of us ought to actually go to easy instead of telling ourselves that we're better for playing hards. <laughs> well, it's thing. allowing me to focus more on, on fingering technique. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Fighting with my pipes. Yeah. Still a long ways to go, but that, that's been a, a recent development. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you, do you feel like you're at a point right now where you already have like some, some dream tunes, like some songs you really want to learn someday, or, or is that still coming in the future? You know, is that not so Well, I really want to learn, I think it's called, is it Steam Train? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a great one, yeah. Because I found the music online and I like fingered through it on my practice chanter, it was really, really fun, but mm -hmm. I love listening to it on pipes. yeah. And I would love to be able to play that really fast. The band has <laughs> done that before, so I bet we could get them. Really? To, yeah, I bet we could get them to resurrect it again, and and you could join in. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like that's the top one. I like Itchy Fingers. Oh, that's um, a great one. Yeah. So some of those kind of other classic ones, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm I'm still building my my tune list. <laughs> have you also have you already come down with the uh, bagpipe acquisition disease where you spend a lot of your time just like window shopping bagpipes day in and day out <laughs> that was that was me last year when i was still trying to kind of build my my arsenal <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and when i was looking around for bagpipes at this point i've been so busy with school that that you know kind of went to the side but uh, it's probably good it's probably I'm good sure for it's your gonna develop yeah. yeah 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 so I'm, I'm still borrowing a kilt from the band and so soon mm -hmm. i'm gonna need to start figuring that out and once once i open up the kilt website then i start thinking accessories and it just gets a little out of hand so it's going to happen. Yeah. I, well, you know, it's like once you're paying shipping for one kilt. You might as well get. Might you just as well get two kilts? <laughs> <laughs> so what about putting um, pipes together with the other instruments that are played in your household? Have you experimented or thought about experimenting with uh, cello plus pipes kind of stuff or anything like We've that? We've thought about it. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is just the balance. Yeah, of course. So it would have to be maybe recorded separately and then put together. Mm -hmm. So the bagpipes could be tuned tuned down. So I'm not I'm not sure, but um I don't know if you've heard the piano guys fight song slash I mean oh, Grace mashup. Yeah, yeah, it's got the bagpipes in there. Yeah, I've always sure. thought that would be kind of fun to play, but again, I'd have to be like outside, right? Yeah. And then my sisters could be inside playing the rest. Yeah, not my work. It could work, yeah, for sure. You just you just get to lead, right? That's the that's the nice <laughs> thing about me. bagpipes. Sometimes when you're so loud and your tuning is so <laughs> so screwy, you can just be like, "All right, well, I'm everybody, follow me." <laughs> so. Yeah, so I'm not sure how that would work, but we've definitely thought about it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I I'd, I'd like to imagine that uh, whistles, small pipes, that uh, alternative chanters, all kinds of things are in the future for all of us pipers. May we all <laughs> see a constantly growing arsenal of. Mm -hmm. of Pipe, bagpipery in our in our living rooms so <laughs> well next on my list is um i want to learn the accordion oh awesome. so that's a little bit different mm -hmm. but uh look then i'll, I'll turn to some of those whistles maybe <laughs> i did you know i don't know if you realize this like i don't have empirical data but um like as far as like just noticing there is a surprising 
overlap in the Venn diagram of people who play bagpipes and people who play accordion. There's well, a, there's we're the a ones into overlap. weird instruments. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, 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 I mean, it makes sense to me that I've learned the bagpipe and then I've learned the accordion. Like, that just seems like a natural progression to me. <laughs> yeah, well, look, Kalari, like, I'm looking behind me right now. I've got my bagpipe case on top of my accordion case. And, nice. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Stuart Little, who's, a, a of course, a very accomplished bagpiper. And yeah. he's a pretty good accordion player, too. Funny. Um, yeah, well, I might have to ask you for some accordion pointers when I get to that point. I think oh. probably another year. Focusing on bagpipes only, and then I'll start adding. There you go. I I will send you to, if, if you haven't encountered them already, um, Timothy Cummings has put out a few albums with uh, Jeremiah McLean, who's a really good accordion player. Mm-hmm. So that's Small Pipes and Accordion. They Ooh. they do the combo really well. That's fun. Yeah. yeah, send me what you have. I will for sure. Um, so right now, where you are right now, if you were talking to somebody who's like, I maybe want to learn to play bagpipes. What do you think you'd say to them? Just gene- I mean, of course, that would change from person to person if you knew them. But like, you it's know, it's true. Generically, generically, I would say you should do it, but you should be prepared that it's very, very physical. Mm. It's going to be hard. It's not going to fall together perfectly. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe you've experienced with other instruments. Yeah. Um, but it's it's worth it. Mm. Uh, and not only just the instrument, but the community. Like I, I, I was feeling a little lost after college and PA school because, you know, you have your groups of friends there and now yeah. we've all gone off. We've got our careers and I wasn't part of any sorts of groups at that point until mm-hmm. I joined the band. And now now I just I have some people <laughs> and it's really oh, yeah. fun. I'm with um, you 100% there. And yeah. so uh, I, I think that's added a lot of meaning to my life. Yeah. Yeah. My During, during the COVID lockdowns, my wife asked me... Um, you know, if I had to just pick one instrument to do for the rest of my life, which mm-hmm. it would be, and it was bagpipes, oh, yeah. and it was because that's where my friends are. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's really the the thing. Because it's a it's a it's a it's a team sport. Yeah, a lot totally. of the time. Totally. Now, what if we flip that around? What if you were talking to one of us pipers who have not branched into other kinds of music before in our lives? Right, we just have come to bagpiping, and now we're starting to think like maybe I'd like to learn I don't know guitar or violin or piano or something. Do you feel like, like what, what might you say to a piper now that you have a glimpse into what our world would be, you know, our, our kind of <laughs> enclosed uh, musical world? Like, do you have any advice you might give generically to a piper interested in other music? Yeah, I would say any other instrument you pick up is going to be totally different. Mm. Totally different. Uh, but the, you'll be required to have a good foundation in, mm. in uh, music theory and rhythm and, and note reading which will enrich your bagpipe playing mm. Mm. lovely so now that you're kind of you know you're you're in the world of piping what about drumming have has that come into your mind i mean yes. you, you feel strongly about rhythm anyway are you thinking maybe drums at some point i think it might be fun to do um just that intro uh percussion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. class i i think it would be fun to be good at the snare yeah I also think that would be fun. That's one of my, I have snare sticks. Like I have every intention, but I just have not yet learned. But I, I suspect like surely, it, surely learning the drum side of the, of the house would make any piper a better piper and surely learning pipes would Absolutely. make any drummer a better drummer. Right. So like we should just all knowing be swapping. How it fits together. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should all probably learn the drums. <laughs> right. Now, um, I, I, I like to geek out a little bit about equipment and you recently got your pipes and everything. Like I'm just, mm-hmm. will you tell me about your setup right now? What kinds of pipes and reeds and bags and stuff you have? I'm and trying if to you remember, don't remember Yeah. If you don't remember, <laughs> no, so no funny. pressure. Like don't feel bad about that. Where did I get, yeah. um, 
Oh, oh, my pipes, they're blackwood. I got the cheapest one. It was Henderson piping I got it from. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember I would the guess, make. I would guess McCallum's, but... Yeah, um, McCallum, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just have, like, the very lowest blackwood model. Nothing wrong with uh, that. Nothing it was great. It's you know? a workhorse. It work, does great. It, it seems to be doing great for me. Um, I just have the easy drone reeds. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> the chanter reed's been what's been the most difficult to kind yeah. of find. Because... Uh, I was told to get the um, the platinum, mm-hmm, the G1 platinum, yeah. G1 platinum, super easy ones. Um, and the first one I got was actually really difficult. I wonder if and then the, them in the, the in second the one I got was way too sharp, and there was nothing anybody could do mm. to make it get in tune. Uh, and then finally, I got this third one that was still kind of sharp, but mm-hmm. it was easy enough for me to play. That eventually we were able to tweak it. Mm. And so I finally have this, but it's now a little bit too easy for me, but I, I'm really hesitant to, to switch it out again oh, right yeah. as I'm getting the balance. And so you get a good um, read. You never want to give it up, huh? Exactly. Yeah. But it was just so funny because I thought I could just buy a read and it would work. And yeah. that apparently was not the case. You know what? I, I, I have a friend. Well, I mean, I have a friend who plays oboe. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was going to say I have a friend whose wife plays oboe. Like we're, we're all friends. Um, yeah. But she's like a, re- a pretty darn good oboe player too. Like gives lessons and, and travels to mm-hmm. play with groups and stuff. And she makes her own reads. And, and I was mm-hmm. asking her about that. And she was like, this is normal for oboe players. Like all oboe players really? have these little, like these little like shaving kits and stuff like that. I guess anybody beyond like a high school level is at least from what she was describing to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well then why aren't, why isn't that normal for bagpipers? And I do kind of wonder, like, I don't want to put any reed manufacturers out of business. Of course, some of my good friends make reeds and they do a great job. And I think there'll always uh-huh. be a market for a professional reed maker. But it did make me wonder, like, hmm, is this the next, the next step in the democratizing of previously secret, secretish Maybe. bagpipe knowledge, you know? I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about it myself, you know? But it's like, oh, what if... Even just for the sake of doing more maintenance to make our reads last or work better, once we get mm-hmm. them and be like, oh, it needs an adjustment, I have the tools and know how to make that adjustment. Exactly. You know? uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> well, what about pineapple on pizza? I know it's kind of silly. and Delicious. Ah, okay. Well, you're, you're local, right? So, like, of course, yes. we, we both <laughs> understand that that's, of course, excellent. I think it tastes so good. <laughs> Yeah, recently though, I'll tell you what's been happening. What's been happening to me though, Kalari, is that um, it used to be Canadian bacon and pineapple for me all the mm-hmm. time, ham mm-hmm. and pineapple for those who are not initiated into the Canadian bacon situation. <laughs> but lately, I've been going with just just your standard what the Brits call stripy bacon, just straight up normal bacon. Normal bacon mm. is that is that fair for me to say? American bacon? I don't know. D- non Canadian bacon? bacon. I don't know. <laughs> just like crumbled instead. And um, oh, that sounds mm, really good. Um, I'm digging that for sure. But yeah, the pineapple, I think, is a necessary addition. Yeah. My, my favorite is when I throw in some jalapenos, too. You like, Ooh, I don't know how I'd feel about that. I'm not yeah. a spicy That's maybe just me. Person. <laughs> I think it is just, just you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so then, I, I guess, um, like, uh, what, uh, bring, bring me to a graceful close, Kalari. Say something, say something wise and, and, uh, and uh, insightful about, about uh, music in general and the value of participating in community activities and... Uh, <laughs> And maybe bagpipes. Well, you're not putting me on the spot or anything. No. But, um, no. <laughs> uh, I think I think music is a vital part. Um, it's been a vital part of my life, and I really think it should be a big part of everybody's life. I think it makes uh, I think it makes us better people. It makes us friendlier. Uh, improves the community, uh, and it, it's just it will enrich your life beyond 
what it would be without music. And it's not just pipes, it's, you know, listening to good music, uh, learning other instruments, playing with friends. And that's about as graceful as it's going to get. <laughs> that's beautiful. I didn't, I didn't want to make you, you want to talk about it.